Welcome to episode 003 of the world-famous Atlantic Robot Show. My name is Ian Koloski. My name is Simon Young. We're happy to have you back to watch us. Or if you're here for the first time, welcome. So, um, today, Ian, uh, what do you want to talk about? It's actually been something on my mind, surprisingly enough. I've been spending a little bit of time lately on some uh, some forums on Facebook and stuff like that, some musician groups and producer groups and stuff, you know, trying to get involved in some conversations with some peers and learn something new. And there seems to be kind of a common theme that keeps coming up, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit. And um, this is one of those things where it's like, I don't want this show to be about advice giving because I don't necessarily feel like that's what we're here for. But I think I have a couple of points to offer in this particular category that might be of some value to some people. So the thing is, is like what keeps coming up is the same thing over and over again is, you know, how can I make a living in music? You know, whether it's, you know, musicians, you know, in bands or, or performing live or, you know, producers making electronic music these days. Everybody wants to know, how can I make a living or at least start making some money on my music? And since I've been able to, you know, on that level, you know, make a, make my, make a living out of music starting from, from zero and not having an education, I thought maybe I could give a couple of pointers on what I think makes it work. So we're going to talk about the grind. The grind. Grinding it out. The, rea- the realities of... The reality is making, like, making yeah. a living the, in music, yeah, not is, as a hobby, but as a full-time proposition. Right? Yeah. Making all of your income yeah. from music. And this is going to be sadly unglamorous because it's a, it's a sadly unglamorous thing. You know, the truth of the matter is it's... It, I, it's I a, have it, a friend who's in accounting who says the same thing about accounting. Really? I always yeah. thought that was the dream. Quite yeah. disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was all just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> champagne wishes and caviar dreams in accounting. <laughs> and Excel. Yeah, and Excel. So anyway, so I wanted to get started, and I mean, I think this is a thing that, uh, it's a mindset thing a little bit, but it, it, it's the fundamental point that without this, you might as well just tune out the rest of this episode and, and everything I have to say. You have to believe you're good enough in whatever you do. And obviously, good enough is a v- very subjective term, and I'm not talking about like passing some benchmark of what is good enough and what isn't good enough at whatever your chosen specialty in music is. But you have to believe without a shadow of a doubt that you're good enough to get paid to do what you love to do. Without that fundamental thing, you're just dead in the water. You know, a lack of confidence in the music business, you know, is just not going to take you very far. However, like most musicians, I think we all walk the line of super confident and super humble simultaneously, you know, in any given 30 second period of time, you can go from I'm the greatest to I, I'm the worst piece of shit ever. So why do I bother? So, but fundamentally you need to believe that you're good enough to do what you're going to do. You need to have the confidence to tell somebody that because it's a weird thing in music, you know, music professionals, 
you know, if, if you build a house, you can say, I make the best houses in town. But if you're a guitar player and you say, I'm the best guitar player in town, people are like, oh, what an asshole. You're so, you're so conceited. So that's just a weird thing we have to deal with as, as performers and artists. But you have to believe it. You have to believe it. And that goes without saying in any, anything you try to do, if you want to be good at something, if you want to be successful at something, you need to believe it. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. Yeah, right? that's right, kids. So anyway, <clears throat> that's, that's the fundamental thing. So without that, it goes nowhere. Now on a much, much, much more practical level, the nuts and bolts of it all, you have to make money to make a living. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about making money on some level. We're not talking about being a star. We're not talking about being famous. We're not talking about, you know, getting in on TMZ for, you know, who you date. I'm talking about the work, the nuts and bolts, the grind of making money with the, your passion and doing something you love for a living, not for being rich, for a living, you know, paying your bills, not going hungry and that sort of thing. So you have to make money. So people have to pay you. <laughs> Makes sense. People pay for value. So you have to provide some value to people with what you do. You know, I've known people throughout my life and my journey with music that just thought that if they practiced hard enough and if they got good enough at playing the guitar in their bedroom or whatever, that they were going to become rich and famous somehow because somebody was going to miraculously think, oh, this guitar player is so great that we need to pay him to do that. You know, it just doesn't work that way, and it never has. You have to add value. Now, obviously, in the entertainment business that we're in, there's a lot of value in entertainment. People pay for entertainment. People want to be entertained. In fact, most people spend most of their time trying to be entertained, watching TV, you know, playing video games on the Internet, you know, doing all this stuff. And entertainment is a powerful thing. So you need to be able to entertain people. So what you're saying, yeah, as a distraction from their daily grind. So our daily grind is, yeah. a, di is a distraction from their daily grind. Yeah. <laughs> and people are entertained in, in, in a many, many, many ways. You know, I mean, let's, let's take it on a basic level. If you're in the outskirts of Wisconsin somewhere, you know, people go out on the weekends to a bar, to a club, wherever they go, there's always music there. There's music as a part of everything. Every, almost every piece of entertainment has music. There's music in the back of a video game when you're playing a video game. There's music in a movie if you're watching a movie. There's music in a TV show if you're watching that. So you need to be part of that entertainment. But let's go on very, 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 very practical here. People in your hometown are probably experiencing music this Friday night when they go to the bar or the club or the restaurant, wherever they're going to. Now, some of it might be live, you know? I bet there's somewhere, there's a DJ, at least, that's doing some, spinning some music, or there's a band, or there's a, a duo, or a solo guy. Somebody's playing music, or there's a piano player somewhere. So you need to be entertaining. So you can do that in two ways. Either an establishment has a customer base, and they're just going to pay you to entertain their crowd, Okay. In that case, you need to do whatever it takes to entertain that crowd. Now, the obvious easy thing is you play music they know and like, playing covers, which I believe in. I think that's a very value, valid way to make money immediately playing music. 
And if you expect them to pay you, you need to make sure you're entertaining the people enough to buy whatever that establishment is selling it, whether it be drinks or food or coffee or donuts or whatever they sell. Right. Yeah. You need to bear in mind or at least be aware of what that value chain is. At the end is the customer buying the food or the beer. Sure. And then there's the venue and you are actually supporting the venue. It's not about you. It's about you yeah. helping the venue. It, achieve what they want to achieve, yeah, right? Success it, it, through them. Exactly. If somebody's paying you to play music and they're not charging entrance, then basically they're paying you to to help them sell whatever they sell. Exactly. This is all yeah. transactional. And and as artists, we tend to not want to think of things that way because we want mm-hmm. to romanticize that you know you're an artist or you know you're a star. And you and I get that, and I I feel the same. However, if we're talking about the nuns and bolts of wanting to make a living. You have to help somebody sell something in that mm-hmm. in this in this way. Now, entertainment is the clear option, you know. And also, this goes for not just for you know musicians and singers, but you know producers who make electronic music. It's the same thing. You can be DJing. You could be spinning your own music. You could be spinning other people's music. You could be providing the music. It's a modern world, and there's not one way to do it. There's a thousand ways to perform, and there's a thousand ways to to make people happy with music. In an entertainment sense. Now, the other thing that I think people overlook, because not everybody wants to go out and play covers in their local bar. I understand that, too. Now, there's another way in the entertainment business and the music business that you can add value to people without that doesn't necessarily have much to do with entertainment. And that is you can help other people achieve their goals. And this has worked for me a lot. I work as a producer in kind of the old-fashioned sense of the term in the in the sense that I get artists and bands and musicians and I help them basically achieve their goals of music on well it used to be on tape or on record but now on a hard drive but basically you can help other people realize their vision realize their artistic vision of music and you have to do that by just knowing how to do it, you know, technically speaking, you have to know how to record people. You have to know how to get the best sound. You got to know how to mix. You got to know how a song structure can work, how an arrangement can work. These are other ways to add value. And also, again, for the in the electronics side of the music, as a producer, there's tons of singers that don't play instruments. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe there's a singer. I know you're working with somebody now who's a, a singer-songwriter. She plays guitar, but she doesn't just want to be a solo guitarist. So you're helping her put together the whole sound, you know. There's plenty of ways that people will be happy to pay you to help them realize their vision. So, yeah, and uh, the things you're saying there is breaking those down. There's a lot of different skill sets you're talking about there. Yeah. Not just, you know, being a singer or performer, but when you start to talk about being a producer, quote unquote, you know, everyone has a different definition of that but my understanding of what you're saying is there's a lot of different skills that you can develop alongside well, what you want to be you know you, yeah. you, may, you may want to be a singer songwriter but in the meantime to help you make money and get into a studio if you can help people out whichever way you can learn about the basics because whatever you learn uh, around music if you stay within the world of music whether it be engineering or Helping out someone with their website or helping with promotion of a band, exactly. managing a band, helping backstage with a band, going on tour with them, being a roadie, anything that you can keep within the realm of music, it's going to benefit you. You might not feel like it at that at that point, but for sure down the road, those little skills that you pull together sure. are going to help, help 
you in your career or at some point like you said success through others you can contribute that to someone else you know absolutely. the more the more valuable you are absolutely the better it is you know that's uh, absolutely people pay for value so the value can be entertainment it can be helping people with other things it's just another point i wanted to make is diversify 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 yeah. a lot of people get stuck in doing their one thing you know if you're the best bass player in town or or whatever or the best, you know, beat maker in town. You know, people get stuck in their narrow vision of of what that is, and that's cool, and that that is valuable. But how to make yourself invaluable is to do other things. For example, if you're if you're a musician that plays in bands, sing, sing some backups, sing some harmonies. It really helps. It helps the overall mm-hmm. sound, and that makes you a double threat. You know, even if you're not a lead singer, you can learn how to sing enough to add some some color and some energy to, to a set. You know, and if you if you don't want to sing, if that's just say, no way, that's not the guy I'm gonna do. Or my biggest advice would be add all of these things I'm about to say. Is another thing you could do is be the guy that does the bookings in your band. You mm-hmm. know, I don't think you should have to outsource anything until you absolutely can't. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Never outsource until you have to, first of all, but that's a different different conversation. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can do, maybe you're the guy that does the website, as you just said. Maybe you're the guy that handles the, the promo on Instagram and Facebook. Maybe you're the guy that draws up the posters. Does the maybe, merch. Does anything. the merch. You yeah. know, you know yeah. there's so many ways to make yourself valuable yeah. to, to your organization. That's an interesting point. If you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to find some, some way of adding value, I would say. Of course. And you can't do all this on your own. What I've learned already in a very short time is... Um, you can't do a lot of things on your own, although, um, you know, it's about building your career as an individual per se. Things happen so, so much faster if you collaborate with people and help people, going back to your point, helping people reach their goals because Absolutely. suddenly the world opens up and things happen exponentially quicker without you even realising it. You end yeah. up going down paths you weren't expecting, developing little skills which are really helpful for everyone and it's the network of people around you that really is what's going to feed you future work. You know, you can slave in your bedroom for 15 years and be a great guitarist, but if you don't have a network of people that want your material and want want you in a studio, you know, it's not really going to help you much. So yeah, I, I found it really valuable. Not to, to underplay the value that you do need to be a really good yeah, guitarist. Yeah, of course. Or, you know, of course. You need, back to the first point, you yeah. still need to be good at this. We're not yeah, saying yeah, that's yeah. not important. We're just saying Correct. it's... Correct. Step one. <laughs> yeah. But this the, the point I'm trying to make is you can see, uh, very generally speaking, I'm not going to name any examples, but I would say you can see, uh, just talking about musicians or singers right now, performers, they can be very technically gifted, but their level of fame or success is is very, very small. And on the flip side, people which are clearly not as gifted or as talented or as their musicianship is not as high as theirs, they're... Uh, you know their reach and their fans are they're a lot more established and i guarantee you that's because of their network if you compare the networks of those two people <clears throat> whether they built it themselves or someone's building it for them the person who's more successful has probably got a, a much better uh, network of people around them absolutely and i mean i i know from my own experience in the music business and 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 really i've done some other stuff in my life little entrepreneurial ventures and people will always work with the people that they had a good experience with, mm-hmm. whether they're or not they're the, you know, theoretical best at it or not. You have to be good at a certain level. But, you know, I get gigs because 
people call me because they know that the last time I did the gig, it was really smooth, easy, and 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 dependable. You know, quality obviously was also high, of course. But you know, doing doing the right thing always works, and being not being an asshole always works. You know, when you when you do a gig, yeah. whether that gig is you know working in the studio with a band or, or or making beats for somebody or singing on a track for somebody or doing a, a cover gig or playing at your local coffee shop, whatever you do to that somebody's paying you for, especially if somebody's paying you for, but even if they're not. Always make sure that you're giving them more than they expect, first of all, doing mm-hmm. it to the absolute best of your ability at that time, despite whatever you're getting paid, because you get paid based on your value and your worth, not your time and not you know yeah. your energy. There's actually a little bit off the subject, but there's this meme I always see in all these musician groups and stuff. It's something about like, I'll play for free, but it costs me $500 to load my gear and travel 500 miles, whatever. This thing about like, you know, I guess I understand the point. And it's like the point is we love music, so we play for free. Of course, I play for free. I played for free a million times. Everybody does, you know, because you love it. Of course you love it. However, I don't believe in selling time. I don't just as a theory in life. It's like I believe that's you should get paid based on your worth and your value and your results and what you what you bring. So sorry that was a little bit off the subject, but the point is when you interact with people, especially professionally, always make sure it's a pleasant working environment for them. Cuz that's a big part of the value you bring. Is if you Absolutely. if you're not easy to work with, then you devalue yourself yeah, the, immediately, the, right? Yeah, the communication, <clears throat> the communication, the mood. And you know, this is a, you know, this is an emotional business, you know. When you're working yeah. especially in a studio, that's I, a can tell you, that's a I can point. I can tell you that, you know, you're working with somebody, they wrote this song and they're pouring their heart and soul into this music. Mm-hmm. And if you're just meh, yeah, blase about it, you that's, know. That's a great point because like, if you compare it to a, a non-creative world, like say you're an accountant, um, the idea of emotions are, are nowhere near as significant. Of course, uh, the point about relationships is always about relationships. Relationships are what hold you back or get you forward in, in any business, but especially in music. So my point is in, in a, a non-music job, say you're an accountant, um, of course, your relationships, you have to manage relationships. The better you right. are, the better you'll, you'll you know, progress. Yeah. Uh, but in music, it's the same. That's the same kind of basic criteria. But on top of that, your point of emotions, like often wild emotions involved because it's someone's art. Yeah, it's someone's art. And, and so then... it's even more important that you, you know, you're, you've, got, you've, got your, you know, you've got your chops down, but you're really, <clears throat> you're easy to work with and you deliver what, what they yeah, expect. Yeah, you know, right? when, when, when somebody is like, I'm working as a producer, so I'm trying to help people with everything, even sometimes lyrics and stuff. So if somebody has this heartfelt lyric about how they broke up with their with their girl or boy or whatever the case may be, and then you hit them with, you know, that lyric really sucks. Is there some better way you can do it? I mean, not, not that it doesn't need to be said, but there's a way to say things, and mm-hmm. there's a way to do things, and there's a way to, you know, be empathetic with people about about things. So that's another point is, is in any field, just always you got to be easy to get along with. Yeah. And I mean, like what we're talking about here. And serve the higher purpose. Like if you're a session musician, absolutely. it's not about you as a drummer or you as a guitarist. No, if you're a really good session musician who gets regular work, I guarantee you it's 
a, a lot is to do with, as you all know, the way you are to work with, you know? Yeah. You, you arrive on time, you're well prepared, you do the work every time, you know? You serve the purpose of the song in the studio. It's not about me putting in great fields. Absolutely. It's about serving the purpose. You go in prepared, and it's not about me, it's about the song. I want to do the best that I can for the song. Yeah. I mean, you the know? world is littered with totally unsuccessful geniuses and prodigies, yeah. you know? And the world is abundantly populated with very average skilled people who are overwhelmingly successful mm -hmm. and it's more about this kind of stuff and I mean the other thing that I think to like completely burst the bubble for everybody is it's a complete myth of a lazy rock star <laughs> that just doesn't exist you know maybe some guys in their 70s who were big you know 30 years ago and had some hit songs back then can be lazy now. But these days, if somebody's successful and if somebody's doing something on a, any kind of level that's working, they're not sitting around. We're talking about making a living. And if you're going to work at you know, a factory or you know, a hospital or in an office or wherever you work to make a living, you're putting in 40, 40 hours a week of work. At least, so, yeah. Why would you expect to not put in at least at least those 40 hours on something you care about? Yeah. Because if you're lucky enough to be able to get to do your hobby or your passion for mm -hmm. a living, why wouldn't you put even more work into it? And I know people always think that musicians are lazy and undisciplined, but not the ones that actually work. You know, Nobody I know that's making a living in music is lazy or undisciplined. Mm -hmm. Nobody. So those are those are... Yeah, it's the, the point. Points. Going back to m my example of an accountant, if you're, if you want to be a, an accountant, you know, you uh, as a professional accountant, you can't just do it as a hobby, three or four hours in an evening, and then maybe a bit on a weekend. It's you turn up to your job in whichever big accounting company you're in. Regardless, you have to be there at eight thirty or nine. You work through till six. Yeah. And there's no excuses, you know. Every day you hammer it out, you grind it out, yeah. whether you like it or not. And, exactly. And that's the way it should be. Uh, I'm not saying that's that's you know that's not the way you should treat your your musical career, but that's an aspect to it that you have to you have to. Um, no, actually, I do. Yeah, this yeah. Is I, the, this I, is the way you should treat it. Because I mean, what what it is and what we're really talking about is you know that's talking about having a job. What this exactly is it is, is a job. It, it's a it job, a job. and it's also being an entrepreneur it because because nobody's on your back yeah. telling you you have yeah. to do it because nobody cares. Imagine you, if you know uh, hypothetical case if you. Instead of being an accountant, you're a musician or or a producer, and you spend from eight in the morning till six or seven at night, seven days a week, doing purely whatever it is you need to be doing. That your output is going to be huge, your workload yeah. is going to be massive, and you're going to be uh, going forwards in leaps and bounds. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like making a living in music, it's you get paid for the short time that you're actually doing the thing. But all the preparation yeah. is what you need to be doing all day. You know, you might do a two-hour gig at night, and that's what you actually get paid for. But, you know, you can't just show up and do that gig without, you know, almost a lifetime of preparation, learning your skill, putting together your set list, you know, writing the songs if that's what you do, learning your songs if you're, if you're playing other people's songs, or learning the material if you're part of a, a band, putting it together, doing mm -hmm. the rehearsals. All you know, what you're actually getting paid is a culmination of all the work you've put in up to that point. So the more work you do behind the scenes, and the, and the better you are in the moment, and the same goes for producers, and you know, 
uh, technical guys in, in the in the field in the in recording and, and live too. It's the same thing. It takes a lot of learning, a lot of skill, a lot of experience, and a lot of practice to get to that point, which is an investment. And I don't think that making a living in music is something you can do without a time investment, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like it's not it's not like starting a business. It is starting a business if you want to kind of go pro in the sense if you want to you know make money or and eventually give up your day job. You know, it takes an investment of energy actually sometimes money too to get the word out to get to get uh, to get the thing get the thing rolling you know it's not like you just show up and start getting paid and you shouldn't really expect that this is something that lots and lots and lots of people say they want to do but you know the people that actually do it are the people that look at it as a business and under not look at it as a business understand that it is a business you know mm-hmm. your product is just you know, your creative work or your output or your performance. So it's very important to remember that it is a job. It is something you have to constantly work at and you can't, and you also can't be lazy because there's competition in in this field, much like there is in other fields, no matter what you do. And have your stuff together. You know, if if you're a band, like uh, the example we were talking about before, slightly off on a tangent, but it, it... connects back into the idea of taking your taking your art as a career taking it seriously because yeah. you want to be a professional you know like back to the accountant if you want to be a serious accountant you've got to go through get the certificates you've got to get this this and this and get so many years experience and it's the same in music you know uh, you have to consider back to your point of having belief in yourself and treating yourself seriously everything mm-hmm. you do with great respect and, and being a professional and um my point I wanted to get to was this this uh, story of Incubus. You know, they um, before they were signed in, <clears throat> and I got this story from Jeff Raban, a, a manager, uh, quite well established a, man, a manager. He he was basically mm-hmm. saying that when Incubus were around in Southern California, they had uh, really had their shit together. Basically, yeah, the band were well organized. Yeah, sure. and I'm talking about stuff. Not related to the to the performance or the music, yeah. just purely about everything around them. So they each had a job in the band. They had their merch well well organized. Uh, they had the CDs all organized. They had really really detailed lists of all of their fans in yeah. in Southern California. They knew everything about their fans, where yeah. they are, what they wanted to see. Yeah, when you know, they were so far ahead of competing competing bands. They may have been you know musically even not as good as some of the other bands. But the point mm-hmm. is. Uh, they got signed by Sony because they had all these extra ticks in the boxes. Sure. So you have two bands, say two Incubuses, the ones which don't have their merch sorted out, they don't have their image sorted out. Yeah, and they I don't deal, deal. They don't. They don't operate professionally. Those guys are not going to get chosen. Sony yeah. are going to choose the ones which have all that shit sorted. Yeah, you know? I mean, and and, and that ob- takes a lot of work. And, and obviously, it wasn't one dude in the band doing everything. Yeah. They, yeah. they had this foresight to realize we need to work as a team to do this. Yeah. They all take their jobs and they build it up. And, and, that, and obviously, I mean, I don't know the guys from Incubus, but I'm pretty sure they work their ass off hours, day after day after day, to keep that, to build that kind of infrastructure, but to keep it going as well. You know? yeah. And that's what you need to do to work that extra, extra yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually was cutting my teeth when my first bands, you know, in, in central Virginia. And it was right about the time when Dave Matthews' band was like on the brink of coming out. And it, it was a similar story. Dave Matthews' band 
was so put together. They had glossy, beautiful. Ca- obviously, this is way before the internet, mm-hmm. but they had glossy catalogs of merch, and they and they were just a well-oiled machine to the point when they got offered a deal, they had such a strong bargaining position because they literally didn't need a record deal, you know. And this is also back to the point about being entertaining. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you're talking about being in a cover band. No, I'm not. I'm talking about being entertaining and mm-hmm. adding value. Dave Matthews' band was super entertaining. You know, you, they'd fill a club playing original music, and there'd be 200 people dancing, and they all all those people paid five bucks a head to get in, you know? So that's obviously value. Those people had a great time. The club obviously made a lot of money selling drinks. Dave Matthews' band got paid because they provided something that people wanted. Now, obviously, they had it, whatever it is, which we all know what it is. But I'm talking about, you know, if we're still talking about, like, the the basic bare minimum, there's ways to do that if you're smart that don't necessarily involve becoming a, you know, a global phenomenon, Mm -hmm. you know. There's ways to, I mean, I know how many of our friends in our circle are just guys who make a nice middle-class living doing what they care about. You know, it's not glamorous. It's hard work sometimes. Everything mm-hmm. is. But it's definitely worth it in the end. Definitely. Yeah. I can tell you from my own experience. And I beg people to, if this is something you really think about, if it's not like, oh, that would be nice, but I'm happy at my job, whatever it is, that's cool. And if that, if you're if you're lucky enough to have any job you like, then go for it. But it's it's almost like my mantra in life that we spend, as people, we spend so much time working that I just can't imagine spending all those hours every day doing something I didn't care about, let alone didn't like, to just waste the time so I could go home and, and you know, hopefully play some music for a couple hours a day. Mm-hmm. I think that putting in the extra work into something like this is beyond worth it. It's, it's, it's the dream for me. And, I'm, and as I say it's the dream, I also know it's easily achievable on a basic level. You know, not about being a star, not about being famous, but making enough money to have a nice life for you and your family is definitely, definitely achievable. within reach. Uh, yeah, uh, one point I would add to that uh, is it's maybe a good idea as well to uh, to plan ahead. You know, don't, don't just randomly... Uh, move forward you want to really <clears throat> think about where you want to go maybe yeah. not, not long long term but at least you know over the next six months and in the next year think about what you want to achieve you know because right. if you don't have a goal it's such a cliche but it's so true if you don't have at least a goal or several goals and intermediate goals how to get there you are going to end up probably not being satisfied because if you have even small achievable goals and you you plan how you're going to get there, of course, plans don't always come the way you want. But at least if you have a direction to aim for, of course, generally in certain areas. Of course. And I mean, you know, but I mean, again, like what we're talking about is more like a a business plan, you know, short term steps, long term goals, midterm goals, short term goals and daily steps, you know, and. And the first thing is, is like, you know, what's your immediate goal? And if your immediate goal is like, I want to start making money as fast as possible, I can yeah. tell you probably the fastest way to do that is go do some gigs and get paid for them. Yeah. You know, another way is if, if you're a producer and if you are skilled in the studio, there's always studio work around, you know, there's always around. And if you want to be serious about all this, move somewhere else, <laughs> you know, I mean... I know that a lot of people are in small towns and stuff, and they're thinking, oh, you know, there's one club that has 
has a band, you know, once a week. I, I can't, you know, you can't make a living doing mm-hmm. that. And it's like, okay, I definitely get that, but then move somewhere else. And uh, just a little tip, if you move somewhere where there's tourists, the, the, the need for entertainment is drastically higher because there's, you know, clubs that have DJs till 6 a.m. on a Wednesday or on a Tuesday, you know, and there's, you know, Irish pubs everywhere that always have a couple of dudes in the corner playing some tunes, you know. So these are just practical ways to, to, to start making money. And then also, you know, if you're in the recording business, you know, move to a studio, go intern like I did, basically learn the skills and you'll get the job. People want help. And if you move to a, a metropolis, like a bigger city, for example. You well, know, if you move to L.A., don't expect to get a job in music, for yeah, example. Yeah, well, my, my point is, a general point, if you move to, say, London or L.A. or New York would be better, but any of these kind of huge, huge populations, um, immediately you're in a big, big tank with a lot of very, very talented musicians. And yeah. then it's basically mandatory that you have all of this stuff we've talked about squared away because the competition is so huge. Exactly. You, you go into a bar in Liverpool, Manchester, anywhere, you throw a stick and you're going to hit probably a very, very talented musician or singer just, to, just yeah. anywhere. And so... To, to but, but again, you know, the, still, I mean, we know guys that, you know, made a living on this level in, in London. You know, not and London is no shabby music scene, and it's not easy to make a living in London. Yeah. You know, and a couple of guys have done it, but they did it by keeping their head down and doing the work. You know, and that always works. And it's harder in some places; it's easier in other places. But if you do it that way, it will always work. And I hope we. It's the grind. It's You've the just grind. got to grind it out like the it, accountant in you his got office. It, right. And there's, <laughs> and there's a couple of things I wanted to actually <laughs> tell people that you should read because. There's people that have told this story in a lot more eloquently. He's, he's, he's given you homework. A lot more eloquently than, than we probably have. Um, there's a couple things that I read that I found very inspirational. And uh, one thing is called A Thousand True Fans. It's an essay by Kevin Kelly, I think. And just Google A Thousand True Fans, you'll find it. Uh-huh. And it basically breaks down for an artist and a very I'm going to go over it briefly that it very simply you know people think you need millions of fans to support yourself as an artist and the truth is to have a, a, a nice living and this isn't about being rich or famous again but if you have a thousand true fans meaning true fans that will buy anything you put out your double live EP DVD with the bonus section your PDF book that you just wrote any painting you put out. I buy your $65 t-shirts. Yeah, exactly. But basically, if you have a thousand people who are willing to spend $100 a year on you Mm -hmm. that you can get directly, then you're making $100,000 a year. And for most people, that's kind of a a decent living. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to keep going. You can read it yourself, and I highly recommend you do. Now, the other thing is a little bit different, but it's equally as important. Actually, my friend Matt turned me on to this book, and it's by... Stephen Pressfield. It's called The War of Art. Now, this book is truly life-changing for a lot of us creators and artists. And the fundamental principle of this book is that what I truly believe, and he put it way more eloquently than I could ever dream of, but what I truly believe is what we do as artists is blue-collar service work. We We are doers. We're hands dirty kind of people. We're workers you know and basically the whole point of his book is to just do 
Just do, just do. Please read both of those things. You won't regret it. Links we'll, down. Yeah, in we'll, the... we'll, we'll, we'll we'll put the links on the on the YouTube page, and also check out the Atlantic Robot dot Atlantic Robot Music dot com, which is our website, and hit us up on Facebook and all the, all those places. But I hope that there is some information that you could take out of this today, because it's always been on my mind, and I, I I know how good it feels to be able to say. When somebody says, oh, what do you do? The American question, what do you do? Because your entire identity is wrapped <laughs> up in your job in America. What do you do? I'm a musician. The first time I could ever say that honestly, and it was actually not bullshit, was one of the happiest days of my life. And I wish that feeling for everybody out there that, that has that dream. Yeah, that's cool. So on that right. note, I think... That's can, the grind. The grind. Work hard. Get to it. Be good. Be nice while you're doing it. Yeah. It will work for you. It will come. It will come. Yeah. So thank you again for watching and listening to the Atlantic Robot Show podcast. Hope you're enjoying it. Please hit us up with some comments, some suggestions, some critiques, or just a conversation. Now, if you have any questions, if we didn't cover something clearly enough for you, uh, please get in touch. All the links are here. But you can write us at Ian at AtlanticRobotMusic.com or Simon at AtlanticRobotMusic.com. Yeah, and we'd be happy to talk to you. Or please leave comments on the on the on the video or on Facebook or wherever you happen to be experiencing this lovely wonderful, show. Wonderful show. But thanks again, and yeah. we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Atlantic Robot. Atlantic Robot.